here is. We want to talk about the hero of this week's parsha, And the hero of this week's parsha is without a doubt Bilak. Right? Even though the parsha is called Bolak. But Bolak is not a hero. We don't have any memory of Bolak. Bilam, on the other hand, is an interesting, although confusing, character. How could it be that a person who denies the authority of God is a prophet? How could it be that the prophecy of the man who denied the authority of God is true? How could it be that it's so true that we do not hesitate to quote it all the time? Matovu Olecha Yaakov. We gather the morning to David, we say Matovu Olecha Yaakov. The author of that statement was Bilam. Even if I say that uh, really the author was God, and Bilam was just the mouthpiece, but still, uh, I mean, why do we need such a, a notorious mouthpiece? Why couldn't we get it from some less controversial character? Uh, somebody who was a little bit more into um, accepting the divine authority. In any event, I don't have to go and belabor this. You know, in Chazal, there are various statements about Bilam that are mind-boggling. One of them is, of course, that Bilam was yet a greater prophet than, um, than Moshe Rabbeinu. I mean, I mean, who could even try to figure out what that might mean? Right, that, uh, you know, the Gemara takes pains to say that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the whole Torah, but also wrote the parasha of Bolak, or Bilam, he calls it. Also wrote the parasha, that Bilam, even though Bilam was the one who said it, Bilam was the one who said it, it's Torah nonetheless. It's certainly Torah. So usually, uh, you know, somehow, because because parshas are learned in a short period of time, like Shabbos, or a few days before Shabbos, we, you know, even if you've asked these questions, you probably didn't deal with them too much because Shabbos comes and goes. And you know that Chont and Talmud Torah don't go together. They, you know, they work feverishly. Chont works feverishly to stop you from learning Torah. So uh, you have that problem. You have the lack of time. You have the lack of ability. I mean, so we're happy to get to a different parasha. If you look at this third page of the pages that you have before you, there's a Mishnah. There's an interesting Mishnah in, in, in Pirkei Avot. Pirkei Mishnah Yudtet. Again, it's a Mishnah, right? It was written by the Tanaim. It's written by the Tanaim. Uh, the period of the Mishnah ended around 250, 250 CE. So this is starts from before the destruction of the temple in 70 and continues until, at least until 250. And even though we don't know who wrote uh, this particular Mishnah, uh, there's every reason to think that it was. it's a serious statement, right? It's written by the Tanaim. So what does it say? It says, "Kol mishiyesh biadosh lo halalu mital midav shel Avraham Avinu." Anybody who has 
are three particular character traits that the Mishnah is about to mention is considered to be a student of Avram Avinu. What are they? And then the Mishnah says, And there are three other uh, uh, traits which make you a student or a descendant or a, uh, a kind of groupie of Bilam HaRasha. Imagine that. Now, what are they? Let's take the first one. What, what are the three things that make you a Talmud of, Rab, of Avram Avinu? So the first one is called Ayin Tova. Ayin Tova, good eye. Now what's a good eye? So if you look at Rashi, you see under, under this is Rashi. Ayin Tova, Shein Lo Al Chavero. He doesn't, he's not jealous of his fellow. V'chavivo love. Kivod Chavero Kichvodo. The honor of his fellow is like his own honor. Right? Kavod Chavero Kvodo. That's what, that's what he says. And that's what the Mishnah says. That's the first thing in the Mishnah. Um, so if you have Ayin Tova, if you continue the Mishnah in the second sentence, it says, Mital Midav Shel Avram Avinu. Ayin Ra'a, right? Mital Midav Shel Bil Amarasha. Ayin Ra'a. Right, what's an Ayin, what's an Ayin Ra'a? What is an ayin ra'ah? So, I guess for Rashi, ayin tova is, he's not jealous of his friend, and he likes him, he gives him honor. So an ayin ra'ah is the opposite. He is jealous, right? He is jealous, you see, you see the fourth line in the Rashi printed here? The fourth line in Rashi, one, two, three, four, five. The fifth line. It says, the third word, the fourth word is, Avo Bilam Harasha Haitabo Ayin Ra'ah. Bilam had an Ayin Ra'ah. Kemosha Katuv. Vayisa Bilam Ete Nav. Vayar Et Yisrael Shochein Lishvatav. So if you remember, uh, Bilam, in order to prophesy, had to look. He had to look, and his ayin ra'ah, I don't know what the ayin ra'ah is exactly for Bilam. It says, Vayisa et Bilam et einav, Vayar et Yisrael shochein lishvatav. Right? I don't know if you remember the pasuk, but it says before Bilam spoke his words, he, he looked. He looked at the place. So according to Rashi, according to Rashi, Avram Avinu had ayin tova, and he explains what that means. That he was, he gave honor to his fellows, and he was, uh, he was not jealous of them. But when it comes to Bilam, Rashi doesn't exactly explain it. Does explain what, what's the ayin ra'ah that Bilam had. He just said, he just says there's a pasuk, and the pasuk says vayisabil nav. He he picked up his eyes vayisa 
He picked up his eyes. He wanted to curse them. He wanted to curse them, but he wasn't able to. But what does it got to do with ayin tova and ayin ra'a? I guess Rashi means that ayin ra'a means he wanted to curse them. So he, how did he curse them with his eyes? I don't, I don't know exactly exactly what that means. If you look at at the uh, the the Rambam, you see over to the left is the Rambam. He says he doesn't explain. He says ayin tova. You see at the top line, he says ayin tova. What is a good eye? He said his tapkut. You're happy with what you have. You're happy, Mr. Peg Bimuat, right? He, he has enough. And then Ayin Ra'a, that's the fourth line in the Rambam. The Rov Ta'ava. I'm sorry. Shaloja Shekinegdan, Arehen Rudifata Mamon, Vehi Ayin Ra'a. He Ayin Ra'a is Rudifata Mamon. So I guess he's different than Rashi. Rashi said that ayin tova means that you're not jealous and you give kobo to others. And ayin ra'a, he quotes a pasuk about Bilam, that Bilam picked up his eyes when he went to curse B'nai Yisrael. Then there's the Rambam. The Rambam says ayin tova. What do you mean when I say Avram Avinu and ayin tova? That he was willing to settle for what he had. He didn't need more. And uh, what is ayin ra'a? According to the Rambam means that you just have a lust for money. I mean, that's what you do. That's called Ayin Ra'a. So then the Rambam has to prove later on how this is connected, how Ayin Tova is connected to Avram Avinu and how Ayin Ra'a is connected to, to Bilam. So if you look, uh, Uh, here, the second wide line in the Rambam, if you look down at the second wide line, it's well known that Bilam was totally captivated by money. That's, you know, he came from wherever he was in order to curse B'nai Yisrael because he was getting paid for that. Right, that's what the Torah itself says. The, the, this desire that he had, So of course the, the in other words, how can a person do it? He's attributed with this idea. Send the young Moabite maidens to, to seduce the, the Jews of Israel. That's what he said. That was his idea. So the, the Gemara also says, and here the Rambam says that, you know, to come up with that idea, you have to be in that world. You have to have a great desire for women. And for, uh, for sexual activity. In order, that's what gives you that, that's what brings you to such an idea. So that's all that is called Ayin Ra'a. All that is called Ayin Ra'a. So now if you look at the continuation, uh, 
of, uh, of the Mishnah on top, the third line. The third line, the sixth word, What's the difference? <laughs> it's like a really a curious question. What, what's the difference? It's the, the Talmidim of Avram Avinu are good guys. And the Talmidim of Bilam are bad guys. The good guys are Ayin Tovah. They like the other people and they're nice to them. And the bad guys are full of Ta'avot. They have tremendous desire to change things and to make things happen in a certain way. And so, what was the Mishnah asking? So the, obviously the answer tells us that the Mishnah is a different question. How did they end up? In other words, first the Mishnah says, these are the good guys, these are the bad guys. Okay, how did the good guys end up? And how did the bad guys end up? So the Mishnah says, They eat in this world. It means they have the benefit of this worldliness, but they inherit a place in the Olam Abba. That's a Nachala. Nochalim, Olam Abba, Shinemar, they quote a, a, a Pesach, Abba, Talmidav shall bil Amaresha, Yerushim Gehenel, but the Talmidim of Bil'am HaRasha, they inherit Gehinom. They inherit hell. V'yodim l'be'er shachat. And they go down to a terrible place, a well of, of indignity. Shinemar, etc. So I don't, I don't understand this Mishnah. I don't understand this Mishnah. Like, they're good people and they're bad people. We know that good people are good to others, are helpful, give stocker, understand about limits. All of this thing is well known to us. Any one of us can give a speech about these positive qualities and these negative qualities without necessarily having to mention Avram Avinu or Bilam Arasha. What does Avram Avinu have to do with being a good person? Certainly, Avram Avinu was a good person. But goodness for us largely comes from the Torah. We don't give tzedakah because Avram Avinu gave tzedakah. We don't even do mitzvahs because Avram Avinu did mitzvahs, even though he did. But we do mitzvahs because the Torah demands of us that we do mitzvahs. And yet the Mishnah has created a new category. There's a category called Talmidav Shel Avraham Avinu. The students of Avram Avinu. Now that's a category that I could live with. And I could say, people who are superior, people who do these things in an extraordinary way, who go beyond the demands of the halacha. But what does it mean to be me talmidav shel bilama rasha? There are plenty of rasha'im in this world who are Jewish. You know, part of Am Yisrael. As the Gemara says in Sanhedrin again and again and again that Yeravam ben Avat was a terrible person. And because of that, because of that, B'nai Yisrael deserved terrible punishment. So there are people who are terrible, who are punishable, and who are terrible models. How did Yeravam Harasha become a model for Evil. Let's say we only talked about Ayin Tova, 
v'ayin ra'ah. We don't even know exactly what ayin ra'ah means. The Rambam says, uh, the Rashi said that the ayin was the tool that he used in order to get ready to do, uh, to curse B'nai Yisrael. Okay? I don't even know what that means. So you don't know what it means to be a Talmud. On the other hand, on the other hand, uh, or that's the, I'm sorry, that's the Ayin Ra'av Bil'am. The Rambam says that the Ayin Ra'av Bil'am was that he was Malay Ta'ava, that he was desirous of things that were not uh, uh, legitimate for him. So, what, what is the Mishnah talking about? How did Bilom get into the Mishnah? I mean, shouldn't Bilam just be forgotten? Right? So, it may demand a different... You know that... Uh, that in the parasha that we call Bilam. In the parasha we call bills, the posse is not on the sheet. There's a lot on the sheet, but not this posuk. Perakov Dalid, Posuk Tetvav, if you want to make a note of it, 2415. Fun? It is? Okay, that's it. 24. Oh, yeah, there it is. It's on the sheet. I have to start reading these sheets. So it says, look at look at these psukim. Vata hineniho lechla ami lecha yatsecha asher yase amazelam chabacharita yamim. So his beloved Balak is really angry with him because on three occasions he asked him to curse the Jewish people and it all turned out to be very pleasant. He was very nice to them. So, Balak fired him. And he said, that's it. You've, you've had it. I'm going to spread the word, you know, all over that you're not the guy to hire if you want a hired curse. Right? So, Balak, Bilam turns around and he says, Atai, I'm going to my place, the place of my people, where I came from, Torah. Lecha i'atzcha. Let me give you free, you know, like this is a, a, a sales thing. Let me give you free, I won't charge you at all, an etzah. I'm, I'm going to give you some sort of... Uh, idea about what's going to happen for free I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to your nation what's going to be done to them by the Jews when what does mean you need a, a novi you need somebody special to uncover it means, means at least the way we understand it according to the prophets means when history has run its course, right? You know, history is like change, things change all the time, but we think that 
history is moving in a direction of stability. And that stability is called Acharit Hayamim. It doesn't mean that everybody's going to sprout wings and fly around like a little holy angel, but it means that the awareness of God, the recognition of the obligation of keeping the Torah and the mitzvot is going to be special. What? Like the Ramah. Yeah, I guess we're influenced by the Ramah. Okay. So he said, then he doesn't wait for a conversational answer. He just starts. And he's now telling Balak what's going to be. So he says, like first he introduces himself. I am Bilam ben Ba'or. I've come to tell you something. Nom hagever situm ha'ayin. What's hagever situm ha'ayin? Well, I don't know. Nom hagever situm ha'ayin. ha'ayin sounds like it means my eyes are closed. Nom hagever, that's me. Who is Sutuma Ayim? There's something wrong with my, with my vision. So listen to this. Stuma Ayim. Stuma Ayim. I'm going to read a source afterwards. I'll tell you what the source is. Stuma Ayim. Ayin Ra'ah Hayalo. Huh? Ayin Ra'ah. What's Ayin Ra'ah? That's a Mishnah in Turkey Avot, right? There's Ayin Tovah. There's Ayin Ra'ah. Ayin Tovah is Avram Avinu. Ayin Ra'ah is is Bilam. So the source says, Bilam said, I admit that I have an ayin ra'ah. What does an ayin ra'ah mean? I do it for money and I do it for like my, 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 uh, uh self-interest. Says ayin ra'ah yalo. Every place he looked with his ayin ra'ah. So he was able to get the mazikim, whoever that is. Mazikim are the, those who do damage. Nezek. He was able to get them into the picture. mazikim. He would look with that eye, with that magical eye, and, and whatever you look at would feel that the end was nigh. And therefore he wanted to look at Yisrael with the ayin in order to make sure that they would be destroyed. So now listen again. What did, according to the source, what did Bilam say to Balak? Bilam said to, let me look at the sheet here. What was it that Bilam said to Balak according to this source? Bilam said to Balak, I'm going to give it one more try. One more try. And how am I going to beat heaven? Because I'm going to say that I'm going to give, tell you what's going to be in the future. So that then heaven won't pay any attention to me. And I will prophesy about the future. But I will curse them with my eye. With the ayin ra'ah. So we have a third explanation of what ayin ra'ah is. According to, to, to Rashi, what's ayin ra'ah? Kim. 
What? Kino. Good. Uh, uh, to be, uh, what's Kino? Jealousy. That's Kino. According to the Ramban, Rambam. According to the Rambam, what's, uh, what is Ayin Ra'ah? And what is Ayin Ra'ah according to this third source? What? Ayin Ra'ah means he had this weapon. He had a danger. He, he was, he was like a bomb. Walking around, if he looked at you, he could cause you great damage. In which case, the pshat in the pasuk in the fourth in the fourth uh, time that uh, Bilam wants to speak about Am Yisrael, he says to Balak, "I'm going to tell you about the future. You know, something that, from the point of view of heaven, is neutral. It's of no significance. But I'm going to be shetuma ayin. I'm going to look at them, and that's going to be enough. That's going to be enough to curse them." So, this is found in the Zohar. This interpretation, which I think is a very interesting one, is found in the Zohar, Chelek Aleph. You know, the Zohar is usually divided to three volumes, three big volumes. Samachet Amud Bet. 68b. All right. Now, what does he say? What does Bilam say? About Yisrael, the Shtum Ayin, the Ayin Ra'ah. What does he say about Yisrael? Listen. Er Enavilo Ata, Pasuk Yud Zayin. Er Enavilo Ata, Asherenu, Asherenu means to see. Just like Er Enavilo, it means the same thing. Right? Even though there's another meaning to the word Asherenu, Shu is also a wall. But maybe the connection is you stand on top of the wall, you could see further. But I'm not, I don't know that for a fact. That's like something you would hear from Samson Raphael Hirsch. So, I don't want to say that. But Ashurenu means to see. And the Pesach says, again, Erenu Veloata. I see it, but not for now. Ashurenu Velokaro. I see something that's going to happen in the future. Now, what is it that's going to happen? What is it that's going to happen? Darach kochav miyakov. You ever see, you ever hear that posuk? Darach kochav miyakov. I have no idea what that means. Kochav is, I guess, something good. It emits light. Darach, dricha, is either to stomp on something, maybe to stand up straight. It's a positive statement. A kochav, darach miyakov. What is that? Vekam shevet mi Yisrael. And a shevet, shevet refers to leader. A king, for example, come shevet me Yisrael, machatz Moab. Moab, who's Moab? Bilal, Balak. Balak is Moab. Right, machatz, to destroy pa'atei Moab, the, the edges of Moab. You imagine that? The karkar kolbineshet. Karkar. Karkar means to, to break the wall. Karkar kolbineshet. So, in other words, both Moab and Bineshet are going to disappear. Darach kolchav mi Yaakov. Kam shevet mi Yisrael. Machatz paatei Moab. The karkar kolbineshet. That's what, that's what Bilam has to say, that's what Bilaam has to say about B'nai Yisrael, 
It sounds to me like he's saying only positive things about Bnei Israel. How did the Zohar say that it was the Ayin Ra'ab, the Stuma Ayin, which with, with which he hoped to destroy Bnei Israel, if he's only saying good things about them? Dorach Kochav and Yaakov. Now everybody knows, everybody knows that there was a Jewish leader who fell ultimately in Beitar, right? Who we talk about every time we bench. Not him, but the, 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 the fallen of Beitar are the last bracha in Birkat HaMazon. Last bracha. So you know that there was a war that went on between Am Yisrael, first against the Greeks, and then against the Romans, which basically went on from 165 BCE until 135 CE, when Beitar was destroyed, tens of thousands of people were killed, right? The leader of the insurrection, the leader of the Jew, the Jewish leader of the insurrection, was a person whose name was probably Bar Kusiba, with a summer. Bar Kusiba. That was probably his name. Right? Probably his name. People started saying to him, saying about him, here is Dorach Kochav Miyakov. This is who Bilam, Bilam, Shesuma Ayin, this is who Bilam was referring to. Right? Eventually, and, 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 not, and no less personality than Rabbi Akiva led this ideological position that the time of the, of the prophecy of, uh, of Bilam Harosha had come, had come. And then afterwards, you know, in, in fact, it's very hard to, we don't have sources. It is true that the Gemara says that there was one Tana who was against Rabbi Akiva. But this one Tana, we never heard of him. It's a name that is unknown. It's the only time he's mentioned in the Gemara. And so, and he had no weight, really, against Rabbi Akiva. Everybody went with Rabbi Akiva. But after Bar Kokhba was killed, and all these tens of thousands of Jews were also killed in Beitar, they started calling him Bar Kuziba, which was like his original name, which was Bar Kusiba, but meant, it meant he... He's, he's a, a, a lie. Kazav. He was a lie. So Bar Kochva was a lie. And the, the, the idea that he was um, the Mashiach was something that brought great disaster upon Am Yisrael because it encouraged the Jews to continue the fight. And it encouraged the Jews to take a tremendous stand in Yerushalayim. And therefore, they lost Yerushalayim, and they lost Beitar, and they lost all the cities around, and they, uh, the Romans, the Romans, uh, uh, took up a position of even greater oppression against, uh, the Jews in Eretz Yisrael. So that this Pasuk, Darach Kochav Miyakov, doesn't claim a, uh, a particular time, nevertheless, nevertheless caused a great disaster for Am Yisrael. 
And we wonder, as we think about it, whether Bilam had this in mind. And uh, I'll just tell you the end of the Shia before we do the middle, right? Which is not so good, but I just thought of, like in the schwung. So I have to tell I have to tell you that up to now, up to now, the belief in a particular Mashiach or particular person as the Mashiach who was promised to us ultimately by Bilam has always led to a disaster. There's never, well, I mean, because the Mashiach just has not yet appeared. And all the attempts that we've made to imply or determine that somebody was the Mashiach has led to a, a tremendous catastrophe in Jewish history. In Jewish history, so if I, if I had to reinterpret what Bilam said according to the Zohar that I quoted to you, it may be that what Bilam said, what Bilam said to Bolok was not that, he says, I'm not leaving, I'm continuing, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing it in a new way. I'm going to put a dangerous thought into the minds of Am Yisrael. And that dangerous thought will destroy them. Bila, I'm making this up, right? You understand that I'm making this up? I mean, it's, it'll be in the movie, but I'm making it up anyway. Bilam said to, I mean, Bilam said to Bullock, one more chance. I'll get him in a way that no one ever thought of. Before we thought that we would be able to curse them, but we understand that we can't curse them against God's will. But we can implant in them, we can implant in them a dangerous thought. And that dangerous thought is Dorach Kochov Miyakov. That you should always be waiting. You should always be waiting and ready to identify the Mashiach without knowing exactly who the Mashiach is or what it is that will identify him. That's what that's what he said. The Rambam took this up lahalacha. If you look at the second page, you see I could go on with these pages for a long time. But the Rambam, the Rambam of the Yad HaZakah, Hilchot Melachim, the last section in the Rambam's great work, Perik Yud Aleph, Halacha Aleph, the Rambam says this, HaMelech HaMashiach, he talks about what we call the Mashiach, the Messiah, Atid la mod lachsir malchut, David liyoshna lemem shela rishona. So, in other words, according to the Rambam, what we ask for in Shmona Esrei, when we daven, when we want to go back to Yerushalayim and say Mach David, he says all that's going to happen. Now, if you look, you look down further down, um, halfway, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven lines from the bottom, the second half of the line. Af beparashat bilam. Do you have it? The Rambam says, he's talking about the Mashiach. The Mashiach's going to come, the Mashiach's going to straighten things out. So the Rambam says, Af 
the parashat Bilam. It's two, three, four, five, six lines, seven lines from the bottom, if you include the little line. Six, seven lines from the bottom. Second half of the line. Starts with the words, after parashat Bilam, Ne'emar. Even in the parasha of Bilam, it said, Visham Niba Mishichim. And there, in the parasha, we discuss two different messiahs. Vashiach HaRishon Shu David. The first messiah is David HaMelech, which is what Rashi says. Shoshiat Yisrael Miyatzarehem. He saved the Jews from their oppressors. Uve Mashiach HaKharon Shomeid Bibanav Shemoshiach Yisrael Miyad Esav. And the second, the last, the latter Messiah, Shomeid Bibanav Shemoshiach Yisrael Miyad Esav. And that Mashiach is going to save the Jews from the children of Esav. The children of Esav, of course, were Rome, the Romans. That's us. That's our Pasuk. David, Melech HaMashiach. That's what he said. He belonged. Dorach Kochov Miyakov Zed David. Dorach Kochov Miyakov Come Shei with me Israel. Zed Melech HaMashiach. Umachatz Pateh Moab. Who's going to destroy the Moabites? Zed David. V'cheinu Omer Nezaposuk. Right? V'yachet Moab v'yim dedeim b'chevem. V'karkal kol b'nei sheit. Zed Melech HaMashiach. The second head of the Pesach is about the Melech HaMashiach. Shenemar bo u'mashlom yam ad yam. So you see that according to the Rambam, according to the Rambam, this Pesach that was uttered by Bilam is the basic posuk. It's the basic posuk that teaches us that just as David HaMelech saved the Jewish people in his time, the Melech HaMashiach will save the Jewish people in his time. And that's what is implied in this, in this posuk. So I want to look uh, finally at the Hamek Dabar. You see it on the second page. He says this, he summarizes. That's why we can go right to the... He says, Rashi mefaresh kola mikral David HaMelech ad v'yed me'akov. And then he says, Aramban perish kola ala Mashiach. In other words, this idea, the, 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 uh, the Hamek continues to go into this question, but I just want to make a point very, uh, very clear. This Pasuk that Bilam said, which the Rambam feels has become the basic Pasuk of Mashiach, like the Mashiach is coming. That's what Rabbi Akiva, that's what Rabbi Akiva said. And the Rambam adopts that as the basic source for the Messianic um, era. There will be a Mashiach. It says here in Bilam. But the question, of course, is why do I need why do I need Bilam to tell me there'll be a Mashiach? Isn't it true isn't it true that the end of Breshit 
when uh, Yaakov blesses his sons, when Yaakov blesses his sons, he says, here, he says, Lo Yesur Shevet Mi Yehuda Mechokek Mi Bein Raglav. He blesses Yehuda by saying that Yehuda is going to be the king, Shevet, Mechokek, the, the legal authority, right, Mi Bein, Mi Bein Raglav. One second. The second half of the Posuk. Second half of the Posuk is, Ad Ki Shiloh. Ad ki shilo, Rashi says, Melech HaMashiach Shamlucha Shelo. This pasuk refers to the Melech HaMashiach. That pasuk of Yaakov Avinu refers to the Melech HaMashiach. And he already says that it's going to be from the family of Yehuda. And David HaMelech, as you know, was from the family of Yehuda. Why does it matter to me what Bilam said? Well, Bilam is the one. This is what the Nitziv says. Bilam is the one who put it into our heads that that the Mashiach will be a star. In other words, because stars come and go, they look good. They seem to be. They seem to be. But they really aren't. They're just stars. So stars, that changes the whole kind of, all of our interests. We're not just interested in waiting for the Mashiach, but we become interested in identifying the Mashiach. That is a difference. I think, I think that Yaakov Avinu said to his son Yehuda, it will be Ad Shiloh. There will be a Mashiach ben David. Bilam said, Bilam said, Dorach Kochov Miyakov. And even Rabbi Akiva was trapped by that idea. And that since Bar Kochva, since Bar Kochva was certainly a star, he was the leader of the insurrection. He was the one who gave people hope that they would be able to win against the Roman legions. So there is a Mashiach, it was decided, that's a Dorach Kochav Miyakov kind of Mashiach. It's a star. Right? There's a, a Mashiach who's a star. But not every star is a Mashiach. So that was the thought that Bilam left in the minds of uh, Bnei Yisrael. And with which he said he would be able to destroy the Jews, but not now. It'll be much later. And that, with that thought, he went back to where he came from, as did Bullock. Bullock did what he wanted to do. He wanted to weaken the resolve of B'nai Israel. He did it. However, he didn't do it for now. He did it for some time in the future. And so he didn't get what he, what he wanted. In fact, Bilam says to him, the Moabites will disappear. They will be destroyed by B'nai Yisrael. They'll be destroyed by B'nai Yisrael. So it seems to me
it seems to me, and this is like, you know, something worth thinking about, perhaps, that uh, Bilam, as the Zohar said, Zohar said that Bilam had an eye that was evil, and he went to uh, use that evil power in order to curse the Jews finally the fourth time around, when it seems to us on the face of it that there's no curse there at all. He said, which meant that you will be able to recognize the Messiah because everything that sparkles is recognizable. This, in turn, was a great, produced great tragedy for Am Yisrael, including the tragedy of Bar Kokhba and, uh, and Be